got a mistake now. So now that's going too. Awesome. So Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Man, I, I, I just want to start by telling you how grateful I am for all of the um, transparency and, that you have in what's going on in your life and the way you put yourself out in the world. I've been a huge fan of your, as I was telling you before, of your newsletter. I, in fact, I started a newsletter. I was basically inspired by your newsletter to start nice. my own. And um, I just, you know, I love, I just love how you do what you do. Um, oh, thank you. So I, and I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. Yeah, it's, it's good to be here. And I, it's great to hear from, from people that are into the newsletter and, and, and like it. I only publish once a month. So I try not to do it uh, over, you know, I don't want people to have like a stack of, of email and add more anxiety to their life. So yep. it's yep. hopefully the right frequency. And yeah, it seems to be working well so far. Well, I've copied that exactly from you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, once a month, well, once a month, easier too, right? It's less, less work to do. It's an amazing amount of, you know, you have to really focus. I thought once a month would be relatively easy and it it's easy in the sense it's only once a month, but it's not easy to, you know, to, you have to actually think and you have to actually write well and you have to actually proofread and you, you know, there's, there, there are logistics to doing, yeah. to doing well, it. Especially at the end of the month, it's just like, it, it seems like. There's, it's never a good time, right? There's like all these things come together at once and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, like I have to publish this in a day. And I'm really like, glad to yeah. hear that's not just me. Because <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what happens to me. Every, all yeah. month long, I keep thinking, okay, just prepare, prepare. And I, you know, I take notes and, you know, I write down links to things that I'm yeah, doing. And, but uh, there's nothing, there's, it's never convenient, you know? Um, in fact, my July newsletter, uh, I was very grateful that July 1st was on Sunday so that I had kind of an extra day. I right. mean, I could have put it out on Sunday, but I figured out oh, that's kind of, yeah, I don't know if anybody's going to open it on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. I always avoid the weekends as well. So uh, that was that was a nice uh, surprise. But, um, you know, I invited you on because, you know, you are, you're engaged in the sort of experimentation and trial by by play by by um around around the things that we do via the whole life challenge um various ways to improve your health your well-being the way you engage with the rest of the world and you do it in a very uh you know i just like the way you go about it and i and i wanted to ask you to start with how how did that come about like did you have you always just wanted to find a, a better way to be more healthy or be more, um, you know, more productive in your life? Like, where did that come from? That's a good question. I'm trying to think back when, I, I guess I've always been intrigued by ways to optimize. And I think that later in life, it's been for a couple different reasons. One is that I've figured out that I don't want to be living the startup life. I don't want to be working, you know, 80 hour weeks. I want to really find and balance in my life. And, and um, that means that when I am working, I am very engaged and very deliberate about what I do. And so when I try to go heads down and get into um, the projects that I'm working on, it has to be, um, you know, in a way that's very productive and I see results um, in a short amount of time. Um, but then when, you know, it comes time for me to stop, I also want to be able to 
um, completely check out of that mode and go into a mode of not having to think about work at night or not having to check my email at night and just really be live a more balanced and fulfilled life that way. And I think that applies to not only work and um, productivity, but also to health as well. And so um, for me, it's about figuring out what are the things that I can do to optimize my body so that I can um, just live um, a life that is, uh, you know, free of disease as much as it can be, um, that as I age, my body um, still works and functions and I'm able to do the things that I want to do, especially because I have a, a little rambunctious eight month old right now. So mm -hmm. just knowing that I started that part of my life a little bit later um, means that I want to be around for a long time. Um, so, you know, just uh, picking and choosing when to, um, to kind of uh, not obey those rules, I think is also very important. Um, so it, it's about, uh, for me, it's really about trying to optimize, um, diet, exercise, and sleep those, and, and, and balance too. And I would put that in the kind of more meditation camp. Mm -hmm. So those are the main things that I, I work on. Did you come to this because of a, of a problem? Like, like you, like something's got out of control and, or your health took a nosedive or, you know, some major event occurred that you're like, I can't keep doing this. Yeah, I think that there's a, a few things. One, I was um, working in Silicon Valley for a very long time in, in the startup world. And so I was putting in a lot of really long hours and very startup life type lifestyle. And so um, that means that in my earlier kind of when I first moved out to the Bay Area, you know, it was um, I had spent a lot of my kind of adolescence and early 20s in, in this idea of, you know, pizza and soda and things like that that were very like, you know, energy drinks, things like um, that was was very short term gratification kind of focused. Mm -hmm. And um, I was realizing that certain things were starting to happen to my body. Like uh, I was getting like weird heart palpitations that were happening. Hmm. Um, I was uh, having trouble sleeping at times. Um, I was always kind of ruminating and thinking about work and it would just like never allow me to fully relax or fully disconnect. And then I started getting into more kind of like um, monitoring certain biomarkers that were important to me in terms of inflammation and also um, getting into figuring out um, my glucose levels and they were slightly elevated and I had a hard time clearing out glucose. So it would stay elevated for a longer period of time than it should, um, which is kind of like early signs of kind of being pre-diabetic. My dad was diabetic. Um, so my father had heart disease and died of a heart attack and there's a lot of that on my side of the family. So. Um, really getting in looking at my cholesterol numbers and just seeing that they were out of control. So a lot of things just pointed to, okay, you're a grown up now. Now's, now's the time to really start taking this stuff seriously and get, get in front of it so that um, it doesn't, uh, something bad doesn't happen. How old were you when, when this shift started occurring? I'm sure it was uh, not one moment, but. Well, honestly, um, I made one really conscious decision that was amazing that I actually did it at the time because I, I don't know why I really did it, but um, I was turning, uh, it was the year 2000, a long time ago, 
And it was New Year's Eve and everyone was had their New Year's resolutions. Like, uh -huh. what were they giving up and, you know, yep. I didn't smoke or anything like that. So I just thought like, man, I just chug sodas all day long. I need mm. to get off of soda. And so I stopped drinking soda that year and I still haven't had a soda since then. Wow. Um, but were you drinking, hard. were you drinking diet sodas or regular no, full on? I was drinking just like sugar soda. Yeah. Diet soda yeah. actually gave me headaches from the aspartame and stuff that's in there. Yeah. Right. Um, so I just, uh, I, I gave that up and you know, immediately I went to like more sugar related drinks like orange juice and juices and things like that, that are still not good for you at all. Yeah. Right. It's just like sugar. And, um, but that was a way for me to eventually get into tea and kind of get out of that and start drinking tea as my substitute. Um, and that's what led me down the path of, of really getting into tea and then eventually kind of um, taking it really seriously and becoming a certified tea master and traveling wow. all the, around the world to study tea. And um, so that was a fun, uh, like I'd say pretty much all of my, my 20s I spent doing a lot of that. But it wasn't until my 30s that I started getting into more of the paying attention to cholesterol and different biomarkers. Um, it's funny, you and I have the soda thing in common. We I used to be sponsored by Red Bull, and uh, so I had a never-ending stream of Red Bull whenever I wanted. I was the life of the party. I'd show up, and I'd have four cases of Red Bull on my shoulders, and I had a Red Bull fridge in my house, and, and, then, and then I used to take it to the office, and it was Red Bull and Diet Coke and Diet Dr. Pepper. Oh, and and uh, I was a professional athlete, so I could get away with it. You know, like that was the negative. That was the positive and yet negative thing about being super fit and super active is I could basically eat or drink whatever I wanted, and right. everything would still work. Yeah. And um, boy, I remember when I first stopped. Well, it was the first whole life challenge. It was the I didn't really even want to do it. The whole the whole <laughs> the first version of the whole life challenge. And, uh, uh, I just made it my mission to get off any of the sodas. And, and that was in 2011 and I bought a soda stream, um, threw away all the syrups, syrups and, and just had bubbly water and I have never had a soda since. And, yeah, uh, I, I love sparkling water. Sparkling water is a great way to kind of get that sensation of the fizziness yeah. in the soda without having, you know, the actual bad stuff. Yeah. Right. Well, um, how so when you got into the biomarker game how did you know what to do did you have relationships with people that you already could turn to to tell you where to start it's not i mean i think a lot of people in the world are not that yet even though i've known about it for years i think people are are just starting to wake up to the fact that you can actually do this stuff how did you um come about taking that step yeah i mean i think that the first thing that i i wanted to do well uh, one is uh, this idea of um kind of like body hacking or or this whole world of nootropics and and supplementation to improve certain things has started to really connect and blow up online and so there's a handful of people that had podcasts about this stuff um tim ferris a great buddy of mine um was really into this stuff when he was writing his books. And so I was watching all the crazy experiments that he was doing to himself and all the different blood draws. Yep. I would just ask him a lot of questions about what he was doing and why. And so I was kind of learning for, off of Tim. And then Tim introduced me to Dr. Peter Tia, yep. who's a um, really well-known podcaster and doctor um, in this kind of longevity space. And so I started 
uh, working with him. Uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick is another one that um, I learned a lot from, especially when it comes to um, genetic polymorphisms and things that you can do with your 23andMe data to really look at um, uh, how your genes influence a lot of um, these different markers. And so it was that that, uh, you know, it's just a lot of reading and a lot of listening to these different podcasts and, and kind of like hearing about something and be like, okay, I understand that if I have my 23andMe data, I can export that and I can bring it to these tools. And so Rhonda created this tool um, on Found My Fitness that allows you to tie in your account and then it spits out a custom report for you based on your genetic profile and tells you where you may be deficient in certain things. Hmm. And it's custom tailored to you. And uh, I was like, well, that's awesome. And it's backed by real solid science. And these are actual scientists doing the research. And so that's the other thing too, I think what's really important is so many people these days, they listen to, to doctors on, online. And I feel like the majority of doctors just are either five or 10 years behind the curve, or they're just, you know, they're not really trained scientists. They don't really understand how to interpret the data or do run these experiments. And so for me, I've always stayed away from doctor recommendations. And I've always gone directly to where the real data is being created, and that is by the scientists. Yep. And so working with doctors that actually work with scientists or the scientists themselves is, is for me, has been the, the only way to go. And then it's just like doing a full planet panel of blood work um, and looking and understanding these different markers and saying, okay, I'm out of range here. What does that mean? Like if my C-reactive protein is high, what does that mean? If my homocysteine levels are high, how do I address that with B vitamins? And oh, wait a second, I have a polymorphism that's a MTHFR that means that I am a bad uh, methylator. How do I go in and take a methylated B vitamin that will then lower my homocysteine levels, which lowers my potential um, risk for cardiovascular disease? So it's like just like really understanding these things and following these kind of like who I would consider to be these these just really thoughtful, awesome um, resources online and and learning as you go. Well, I mean that that all sounds. I mean that sounds. I get it. I totally get. It. I mean, in, I'm in the business of doing this. You know more about it than I do at this point, for sure. Because I, you lost me halfway through polymorphism, um, <laughs> which is which is fine. Um, but I would bet that most people are not going to absorb the kinds of relational capacity that's needed to interpret the results of tests the way you have. How do you what, how do you guide people? Like if you were giving advice to your mom or dad or your sister who doesn't have the 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 either either the capability or the desire to actually dig in like you've dug in, how do you guide them? What do you what advice do you give them? Yeah, well, I would say first, I think there's one thing you need to there's two things you need to do. One is go get your 23andMe done and and get that test complete. And it's not 23andMe that's going to give you the insights to your data because they they very much make it super commercial and super yeah. like, this is your ancestors and this is where you came from. And that's all great. I mean, it's fun to know that kind of stuff. Right. But that's not really health-related insights. But the thing you have to understand with spitting in that tube and doing the 23andMe is they go and they have a chip and they, they scan your saliva and they look at a whole subset of your genes. And they give you that as raw data. So you can download that directly from 23andMe. And so you'll download a compressed file and inside that text file is all of your, your genes. And it shows you 
um, you can then take that data and take your different tools to analyze it and tell you really what's going on. So that's one thing I would tell them to do, and I have done that with lots of family. And the second thing is just to work with a provider, um, most likely a doctor, or Give I've me, also used... Um, I don't want to forget this, but yeah. what do you do with that data? Because you got the text file now, but hell, if I'm going to go in and read a text file, I know you already said Dr. going go into um, um, Dr. Ron, Ron Patrick's... Ron Patrick's, yeah. So basically what happens is after you complete your 23andMe and it's all done, right? You'll have a login for 23andMe. Yep. And that login, almost like the way that you log in with Facebook on other websites where you can authorize and say, yes, I, I agree to use my Facebook login for this website, even though it's not Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, Rhonda Patrick's site has a um, login where you can go and authorize your 23andMe data. So you're saying, I'm willing to share this 23andMe data um, with this genetic tool to analyze my data. So her website is foundmyfitness.com, um, and at the and the center of the site says run the comprehensive uh, DNA report. And if you click on that, it'll ask you to tie in, and this is completely free. She's an awesome wow. scientist that is um, funded by the, the community of supporters that she has, and so she doesn't charge for any of the stuff, which is how you know it's good. Wow, right. Um, and you click on that, and it'll authorize in your 23andMe, and then, it takes a couple minutes and they go through and they look at each um, gene that you have and see if there's any abnormalities. And these are, uh, they call them the SNPs, SNPs, these uh, single nucleotide polymorphisms, which are um, little changes in the DNA that can make you more susceptible to certain mm -hmm. things. So as I was mentioning before, I unfortunately have one of the bad ones that's called MTHFR which means that I am a really bad absorber of B vitamins in general. Hmm. So I will need to supplement with B vitamins. And so here's the interesting thing. I saw that and it, the report says it spells it out very clearly in PHFR. I'm like, oh crap, that kind of sucks. But a lot of people have this. So what do I do? And then what I did is I did this full blood panel. And when I got the full blood panel back um, and I use a service called um, wellnesseffects.com yep. yep. and um, I got the full blood panel back and it's nice because you don't have to go and see a physical doctor. They just give you a form and you go to the blood center and then you get your results back online. And I noticed like, this is a real world example. My homocysteine levels were elevated and it says, you know, it's, it's very clear that it's in the red, right? So mm -hmm. you go and you look at that and you're like, Oh, what is this? Okay. Homocysteine it spells it out very clearly. Um, at, when it's elevated is linked to higher cardiovascular risk and all these different things. And it turns out that people that don't absorb B vitamins have elevated homocysteine. So you draw those two connections right. and then you say, okay, I get it. I have this issue with my genes. I, I see that it's confirmed in the blood work. So I know that these are two truths and I can go and now supplement with B vitamins and then I'll go rerun my blood work. So, you know, six weeks later, eight weeks later, I'm like, okay, I've been taking this um, Amazon purchased like multi B that people say on the forums that it's good for reducing homocysteine. And now I go get it rechecked and sure enough, it drops down five points under the normal range. Wow. And I was like, wow, I learned something there. That's awesome. So that's just one example of yeah. probably, you know, a hundred different things that she checks for and presents back to you in that. Right, right. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And you don't have to go back and do the 23andMe because it's genetic, right? right. It's, a, it's exactly. a, that's, that's, you're done. That's set. Yeah, right. But you learn a lot of different things. Like for example, there's certain polymorphisms that if you have, you are at a greater risk for Alzheimer's disease and cardiovascular events and 
there's just a lot of it's it's such a new exciting field yeah like this idea that we would look at our genes and be able to see what we're kind of predisposed for and but that's not your destiny but it's good to know right because if you know yeah. like oh hey there's a higher likelihood that i could like for example um i have one that is related to people that have poor eyesight later in life and you know you can be like oh well, i can increase my let's just say vitamin a levels now not crazy amounts but just enough to make sure i'm getting the right amount so that i can hold, hopefully you know extend that out for a longer period of time so it's those little insights that you're just like okay cool well i'll address those now versus waiting for them to happen to me yeah right right i think there you know i did do 23andme i have not taken the next step with it but um I think they do address a tiny smidgen of what you're talking about with um, cancer. They have a whole section. They test for like three things that are four, four things. And they, they, they explain that these are four of probably a hundred that are possible. And they, they give you all these warnings. Look, this doesn't mean you're going to get cancer. It doesn't mean you're not going to get cancer. But, you know, you do, and do you even want to know? I mean, that's one of the big questions that they have on their site is you have to actually give permission to actually find yeah. out. Um, and yeah, if it's know. a serious condition, like there's this one that's a, actually I think it's the APOE 3-4, that if you have this polymorphism, um, it's a really dramatic increase in your risk for Alzheimer's disease. Yikes. It's something like, uh, I don't know, I don't want to misquote it, but it, it's like something like 60% or it's, it's a scary number. Where yeah. like if you have this, there's a good chance later in life you might get it. Like for me, I was like, yes, opt in. I want to know this. Yeah. Um, because like there's certain things that we can do um, that have been shown to kind of like you know like low dose lithium, for example, um, or even better deep sleep. You know, certain things that we can do and address now via things like an aura ring or you name it um, that will hopefully help us uh, get around this or at least wait it out until there's a, a cure or something better. <laughs> I don't want to. I I'm, I just wrote down a note because I want to talk to you about deep sleep. But um, I've been an Aura Ring user for years. I'm still waiting for my new one. Jeez oh, Louise! It's, it's been on order since December. I'm waiting. You know, waiting, 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 waiting. Like, I I decided I decided about three weeks ago. I'm not gonna start. I'm not gonna be neurotic about checking my email first thing in the morning for the Aura Ring order that's suddenly coming. It's just gonna come when it comes. Yeah. But God, dang, it's like. Well, they're shipping now. Yeah, they're no, I know they're shipping. I, we we bought one for each person on our team uh, back in January as their as their holiday gift. That's uh, awesome. But they're now they're waiting. So, <laughs> um, but you were you were going to mention the second thing that you know I interrupted your your thought about what you the advice you'd give to somebody to um, learn more about this without necessarily knowing as much as you do. You, you, the first was to go to Dr. Patrick's site, get 23andMe, but the second was go to a, you were starting to say go to a provider or? Oh, I think I was just going to say that, um, you know, you get you get your DNA data, but you always need the, the blood work to, to back it up. Yep. The, the blood work was going to tell you just because you have these, like you mentioned earlier about the cancer risk and things like that, just because yep. you have these these SNPs, these polymorphisms, doesn't mean that they're actually turned on. Yeah, or right. There's a lot of other things that, that could come into play there. So you need to, the blood work is like a is like a drawing the line between the two. So you need a provider right. that is willing to not like the, the the issue that most providers have is you go and see your doctor and you're like, hey, I want a want a blood panel done, and they come back and they give you 15 things, right? And um, if you look at just you don't have to use Wellness Effects. I have no affiliation with them, but if you look at what the the full screen that they do, 
they're doing like five different markers of inflammation. They're yeah. doing your insulin levels, your fasting glucose. Like they're doing a bunch of stuff that you should just make sure is included in the work that you get done. So when you go, go get pricked, you might as well give, you know, five tubes or seven tubes rather and get it all done at once. Yeah. Right. Totally. Um, so you just want to make sure you, you get all of that and then just store it and, and have it as your baseline. You know, I drop it into a Google spreadsheet, so it's just there. And then every time I get blood work done, I can just have it and then trend it out over time. Right, right. It's um, I find the interpretation of that is important, and um, figuring out who to help you interpret that. I mean, certainly you can learn it yeah. yourself, but there, it's a lot to learn. So, um, what do you do? What do you tell people that need help with that? Well, I think that there's. It depends on what's going on. Like for me, and this is not medical advice, but I'll just tell you what I do personally. Like. For me, if it's something where it's a complex system that I don't understand, let's say it's a thyroid issue, yep. um, I'm not going to try and figure that out on my, on my own. Like, there's no way. I would go to a, a professional and have them help interpret the results for me. Same thing with cholesterol and things of that nature. Um, but if it's, if it's something like an inflammation marker or something that is just like a little bit elevated, it's not scary, but it's something I want to get under control – then I will go and do a lot more personal research. When I know there's not a direct, um, like the doctor's going to be like, yeah, it's elevated, not sure what to do. Like that's when I go and once the doctor says, I have no concern, you're not going to die, you don't have something serious wrong with you, but it is elevated. That's when I kind of turn to the more like, let's figure this out on my own and start doing the research. Right, right. What, um, I want to get back to the the deep sleep thing. It's funny, I, I struggle with my deep sleep my aura ring tells me basically i get maybe i would say on average i'm around 35 or 40 minutes of deep sleep a night which is yeah. dismal compared to all my other markers and well, i've I, been way worse than that man i've, I've been my say <laughs> i think last night was horrible um yeah so what was your you just you want to figure out how to improve that yeah what do you do what have you done to improve your deep i've tried cannabis uh, that i'm uh, not cannabis i've tried um um cbd oil and that d- didn't seem to work um yeah i've i've you know, I'm certainly not out of I, out of things, but I'm just curious what you've done to make a difference. Yeah, you know, deep sleep is a tricky one. Um, I, I'm like you where, so for example, last night, according to my aura ring, I had 41 minutes of deep sleep, which is um, not where it should be. You know, right. It's about halfway through the bar of, of what a healthy person would have. And the night before, I had next to nothing. So, you know, there's a couple things. One, I find that um, sauna usage before hmm. bed like going to the sauna followed by a cold shower really can help increase it, which is great. Um, Infrared or heat, hot uh, heat sauna, like a barrel sauna or what? Yeah. I have a, an actual uh, standard uh, heat sauna, uh, Uh not an infrared. Uh, I want it to get to 170 degrees. Um, uh, That's kind of like, and I can't quite get there with infrared. So I, 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 I went with a like full on kind of like barrel style sauna. Um, so that's one thing that's really helped improve my deep sleep. And then honestly, it's a couple other things. One, no drinking. That's a huge one. Hmm. Even like a glass of wine will, will mess me up. Um, I had Matt Walker who runs the sleep Institute at Berkeley on my podcast here, not too long ago. And he was talking about just like alcohol being just the devil. And his recommendation was if you don't want alcohol to impact your sleep, there's only one thing you can do. And he's like, that's day don't drink. drink alcohol. Oh, day no, drink? Day- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, 
have your glass of wine with lunch. He didn't recommend that. He's like, listen, he's like, if he's going to drink, like you, like, yeah. you're, like, let's say you're going to go out with friends for a thing, like make it like a, a brunch kind of thing. So wow. you can get fully out of your system by the time you go to bed. Wow. So I guess his point is, um, and he didn't, his point, even though he didn't come out and say, cause he said like no drinking. Yeah. Right. His, his point is just like as early as possible. Right. Huh. So, you know, for me, and the type like, of alcohol doesn't make a difference. Like you can have whiskey, you can have red wine, white wine, like it's all, or it just depends found, on you. Yeah. I mean, this is like an N of one, but I found that you mix sugar in the equation and it's like, a, it's even worse. So for me, clean spirits just straight up are probably best. Yep. And, and trying to do that. Like if I'm going to go out to dinner and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to have a drink with dinner. It's like, I'm not waiting until the dessert to have my drink. I'm like, okay, right. sit down. I'll have my one glass, get it out of the way, enjoy it. And then, um, and, and you'll have a straight, like a uh, whisk, like a whiskey on the rocks or, you know, not with, not the whiskeys you drink, but whatever Honestly, it is. I like, I like, uh, I just like wine. Cool. I, 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 in theory, I should be doing just like a straight whiskey on the rocks or, you know, tequila or something like that. Yep. Um, I just do, uh, I, I like a glass of wine and I like to pretend that the, the red wine's good for you. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I get my wines from a guy named Todd Smith at dry farm wines and, uh, um, oh, yeah. he and I have been friends for a long time. And, uh, why have I heard that name dry farm wines? Why? He, uh, he, he runs, it's a wine club basically. And he, 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 ag, he has a very rigid, he's a ketogenic freak. Yes. Now and I know. Daria got a case of wine from him. He tests all My of his wife, wines. Yeah. He's got very ring, uh, stringent standards for which he, he will only yes. bring them into the club. He only deals with Europe. So all these wines I get are from wines I would never even know existed. Um, and they, they all meet his criteria. One of the criteria is no more than a gram of wine per liter bottle of wine, which it didn't, didn't really – before meeting Todd, it never really occurred to me. Wait, you said a gram of what? Of, of sugar. What did I say? Sugar. You said a gram of wine per liter of wine. Yeah, no, that's – Obviously not true. <laughs> a gram of sugar per liter of wine, um, yeah. which, you know, I had never um, even thought about the fact that in a bottle of wine, there's no nutritional information. There's no, you know, you right. don't even know how much sugar is in the wine. So, so I've, one of the things I've started to do since even knowing about it is when I go out to drink or to go out to eat and I want to have a glass of wine, I'll, I'll look for a European wine just, just cause I assume that it's, you know, better. He has, he said he hasn't really been able to find wines in, in the United States that will meet his sugar criteria. Yeah. I mean, the thing for me is, um, I wear a continuous glucose monitor Oh wow! Just because I'm always curious about what my glucose levels are doing in mm -hmm. kind of real time. And so I test, I, 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 I always order dry wines. I'm always asking like, give me your driest wine that you have. Yep. They, they tend to be French wines. Cause obviously a lot of the California wines are just like overly fruity. Yeah. Um, and also to be honest, the, the one drink that I've noticed has the least amount of impact on my blood sugar is a dry champagne. Wow. Yeah. So champagne, cool. like I, I can have like two glasses of champagne and barely budge my, uh, blood sugar. Wow. So you, champagne are, are graded by brute and extra brute, extra brute, meaning even more dry. Mm -hmm. So if you just acquire an extra brute champagne, you're good to go. Wow. I would never have thought of that. It's, I, and it's tasty. Yeah. Right. I I did a little bit of um, experimentation when Rob Wolf's uh, book came out. Um, can't remember the name of the book, but he ta he talks about basically every carbohydrate affects every person a little bit differently, yeah, and the only absolutely. way you can figure it out is to test. And so I went through like two or three weeks of of testing, 
you know, at a very strict time because I didn't have a glucose monitor. And um, I found that, believe it or not, bread. Now, I use sprouted grain bread, you know, like Ezekiel type bread. But bread had the lowest impact of any ref refined carbohydrate on my blood sugar levels. I mean, less than rice, less than brown rice, less than, you know, things that I thought were not going to budge the needle at all. So yeah. I, I th that was interesting. Now, I can't really go out and get sprouted grain bread typically. So uh, I don't know that I did a test on white bread, just plain old, you know, bread in a bread basket at a restaurant. I don't really want to know because that that starts a whole addictive element for me yeah i could sit down at dinner and just down the whole basket easily i used to yeah and yeah so i mean the thing that, that's nice about doing that one binge is you then you know kind of what your max is like if you go if i go out and have three slices of pizza i'm like oh my blood sugar can get up that high i have no idea <laughs> right you know and right then you can really watch how long it takes to get back down and you're like wow that that is just that spike and that drop off is just insane compared to to what I normally eat. And so it just yeah. gives you a, a good benchmark. The continuous glucose monitor is not something that's available to many people, right? I mean, it's got, it's, it's a prescription based. I don't even know how, how they decide who gets it, who gets to wear it. Yeah. So basically you can go to your doctor and, um, the conversation to have is not that you have diabetes because that he's, they're going to know that yeah. that's not true. So you can say to them, um, I've been really fascinated with like trying to learn out about my glucose levels. And I hear that it's linked to a bunch of other diseases. And I just want to get a prescription for a Dexcom. Dexcom makes the best by far. There's a new one out. They just came out called the G6. Um, and you don't, all you need is the little applicator to like push it to your side and a smartphone and just reports right back to your smartphone. Wow. And um, it doesn't inject uh, insulin. It's ju it yeah. just a, just a monitor. Yeah, all it does is basically the G6, I mean, I'm so glad I get to tell you about this version because the G5 was hardcore. It was like a big syringe that just like went into your side. Wow. And to do that was painful. The G6 is so beautiful. It's like this little device, you press a button and it goes like, makes a popping sound. And it, it shoots a needle really quickly just under the surface of your skin and mm -hmm. leaves like this flexible wire in there. Wow. You can't feel it, it's so thin, it's like the size like thinner than a, a strand of hair. And, um, and then it's a sticky, it just like sticks on your side with like a little tiny chip on your side. Does and it get in the way of anything? I mean, like, no, does it- It's waterproof, it lasts, works in the sauna, it's totally fine. Can you work out with it on? Yeah, totally. Huh. And then after 10 days, you just peel it off. Like I, can, I take it off just like a band-aid, it's like, you just take it right off. And then you just like shoot another one on the other side of your abdomen. And, um, it doesn't yeah, come off in the shower. It doesn't come off in the, I right. mean, obviously not. I, it, yeah, wow. It's hard it's to believe. Great. You can swim with it. You can do anything. Um, but anyway, yeah, you just tell me you're curious. Don't, um, write you up a prescription because you have diabetes, but just they'll, if they're a cool doctor, they'll write you up a prescription hmm. and then, um, you just call Dexcom and I, I always just pay because I, it's not covered under insurance when it's not needed. Yep. I just pay, um, out of pocket for it. So, is it, is it expensive? It is pricey. I mean, it's a few hundred dollars. Um, I think that's like a kind of, I may have gone down in price actually, because they used to require that you had a standalone little computer with it. Mm -hmm. That was like almost like its own little smartphone next to it to, to read the values. But I think if you just order the sensors, it's at least a couple hundred bucks. But, the but it's a one, three but it, months. and it's a one, oh, okay. So it's not a one-time purchase. It's a three month supply for a couple hundred that's bucks. Right. So you could, you, you could even run it just as a three month experiment and just uh, that's right. see how it goes. Yeah. I, I, th I think that's the way to do it. Like I even, I, I do it 
um, like kind of like, like what you said, like once a quarter per year, just mm -hmm. to see where I'm at and if anything has changed. And it's a great little way to check in on your blood glucose levels and watch it as you eat different foods. And like you said, and you're absolutely right. I have a, I've had friends that have had this as well because you get kind of get connected to the biohacker community and everybody's wearing one of these things. Yeah. And um, you could sit next to a friend and you both eat the same size banana and one person's going to spike through the roof yeah. and one person's going to like chill out. It's like, wow, it really is so dependent on the kind of microbiome you have, how quickly you break down these things, what happens when you do break them down. Like everybody is totally different. Yeah, I, it's funny. I, um, you know, at 51, I have never really, in spite of knowing, and th this may so come as a relief to a lot of people listening, in spite of knowing all that I do about health and well-being, I've never really bothered to do a full, I've done a full panel at, from, through Wellness FX, but I've never really seen anyone or looked at how I can make changes to this because I've always gotten away with, you know, that's one of the curses of, of being athletic and physically fit and never having a health issue is I, you know, I can get away with a lot of stuff. And when I turned 50, I started thinking a little bit differently. I, I you know, like the thought this year was, well, I'm guessing that what got me to 50 is not going to get me to a hundred. And if, if that's the case, then what do I need to do? differently how do I need to change my behaviors in the second half of my life to to help me get to you know 110 or wh however old I want to be before I before I go and one of those things was paying attention to what's going on inside and um, so it's a new thing I, I just did a stool this whole stool sample thing to find out what's going on in my gut and I found out that my I have a very low, I have a very, uh, very low level of, of um, bacteria in my gut, first of all, and it's all of one type. I don't, I don't have a diverse flora in my, in my gut. So, so now there's a naturopath that I'm seeing has recommended a few different types of um, probiotics, and you know we'll see. I, I don't, you know, this is just, this is the very beginning for me because I, I literally just started this uh, about a month ago. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Probiotics are a whole another world. That's a, such an insane new area of research. And it's a very difficult thing. You walk into a health store or even Whole Foods and you go down the aisle and there's, I mean, God knows where you begin. I guess you could just start somewhere, but without testing, you don't know where to start and you don't know where you are and you don't know what's what effect it's having. And uh, so it, it it creates more questions than it does solve solve problems. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard, and, and that's where I've I've kind of like tried to figure out that as well on the probiotic front. And where I came out on, on that was that I I listened to actually my friend Rhonda Patrick, the researcher. Um, she interviewed for her podcast um, a couple of the kind of leading Stanford scientists that are researching probiotic strains, hmm. and they have a book out about probiotics, and it's in, they're they're just kind of world class scientists out of Stanford, and um, they had, I believe they were the ones that told her about a, a company called VSL and VSL, um, was the brand that they recommended. Um, and so I've been, been on that since it's called VSL number three. Huh. And it's not, it's not a brand that you find at Whole Foods. They, right. don't, they don't sell them there. Um, but, uh, is it, is it the I, kind of supplement that's like, has to, it lives inside a doctor's office. Like it has to be connected to someone who is a. Uh, it's, it says it's medical food on the outside and typically yeah. doctors prescribe it, yeah. but you can also get it directly from the website off prescription. Oh, cool. 
But yeah, that's just another example of like, I think that the thing that most people miss out on is they do walk down Whole Foods and they talk to the random person that works there yeah. and they say, hey, well, what should I get? You know, and sometimes that can work. Um, but I, I feel like for me, I've always been driven to like, again, back to that source, like who are the researchers that are studying this? Yeah. And even if you don't know them, like almost all universities list the email addresses of, of researchers are out there. And you drop them a note and you say, hey, I know that you study the microbiome and probiotics more than anyone else. Like, what do you take at night? Just out of curiosity, you know? And you'd be surprised how many of them will write back and be really? like, well, really? this isn't medical advice, but this is what I, I prefer based on the research that I've done. And you know they know more about the strands than you ever will, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so you're getting right at the bleeding edge of the research, which is what I love to do. Yeah, that's really, really cool. That's, that's, I would never have thought that you would necessarily get replies from people like that. It's, oh, ref it's refreshing that you that you can. That's cool. Yeah, if you make it just really lightweight and just be like, hey, I'm not looking for a medical advice. I'm just curious what you take. Yeah, right. Because like a lot of these researchers are scared to say, hey, go do this. And yeah. then you do something, they end up in a lawsuit, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Nobody wants that. So that's the way I always kind of like phrase it to them. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so I want to, I guess it's not really shifting. We're talking about the same kind of stuff, but you, your, your, your apps, Zero and Oak, um, what, how did you get started with the meditation, going down the meditation road? Was that part of this, uh, this tea? The, the, to me, those are linked. They, they might not be at all for you, but to me, wow. tea and tea drinking and Zen and, and, and Buddhism and meditation are all connected. Uh, how, is, how is that for you? Well, they were certainly linked in, in terms of where I lived at the time. When I first got into meditation, I was living in San Francisco and I was very lucky enough to randomly end up living in an apartment um, across the street from the uh, San Francisco Zen Center. Wow. <laughs> and so, um, you know, and across the street from that place was a Samovar Tea Lounge. So there was a Tea Lounge and a Zen Center um, directly diagonal from each other. And I was like four doors down. And so I, I decided to, you know, take a class there um, in Zen and, um, that's what kind of kickstarted this thing. And then I started playing around with the different meditation apps. Um, and then I studied uh, transcendental meditation as well, which is a, mon a form of mantra based meditation. Mm -hmm. um, so I've kind of like explored a few different disciplines and it was in sitting and just finding a little bit of, of space and a little way to examine my own thoughts and on my own terms, my own time that uh, I've, found a lot of benefit mm -hmm. and and I understood I was very lucky in that I understood and could feel the benefit of it uh, pretty early on some people it takes a few months before they start to notice little windows of benefit in their life mm -hmm. and that's what kind of got me interested in wanting to create a free resource for people to to meditate more and so the rationale behind creating oak my meditation app was that um, there are some very great meditation apps out there, Headspace and Calm probably being my two favorite. Um, but for me, I wanted something that one was teaching a little bit more of the um, traditional meditation techniques. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the meditation apps that are out there, and there's nothing wrong with this, but a lot of them are very prescriptive. Yeah. So you come in and say, I have a fear of flying, I have anxiety, I have this or that. Um, I kind of wanted more um, to teach you a technique and then just let you kind of like set you free and allow you just to practice it on your own. Like with the goal being 
to eventually graduate from a guided course into an unguided mode. Mm -hmm. So we have a pretty, um, pretty feature-packed unguided version, which is filled with different chimes, which are audio cues to kind of bring your attention back. Yeah, I like uh, the I like the uh, tin roof rainstorm, and yeah. um, I like the there are three that I rotate between the tin roof rainstorm, the uh, yeah, the one that comes with it is it called energy or it's it's the, the basic one. The, it's got oh, the very first one, the elevate one maybe elevate, yeah, elevate. And then there's one that I just discovered, the ohm, the yeah. the, the which I the Tibetan ohm I think is called it's yeah. called which I really like. I like all three of those. Yeah, so those are, um, I, I found this amazing audio engineer. He's got his um, PhD, and he, there's two things that he does. One, he, he comes up with these kind of like beautiful, very um, relaxing tracks, which, which we have like three of them that are kind of like the own ones that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that was really cool is when we picked the background sounds with like the rain roof, like the, tin, the rain hitting the tin roof, uh -huh. um, that isn't synthesized. That is him with his microphone out in the wild Wow. by capturing rain hitting a tin roof. <laughs> and so when wow. you hear our streams, our fireplace, our rain, any of that stuff, that's legit real audio captured in that's the wild. Cool. That's and really cool. I love that because it's just like you can, I don't know, but I maybe it's because I know that they're real, but I feel like you can tell when they're synthesized. There's so many ways to make this stuff in software these days yep. that I just wanted to have a really kind of like pure, truly recorded in nature um, series of, of sounds. So it's been it's been nice to have those in the app. How, you know, one of the things, because um, I have a similar, um, well, a lot of things similar. Um, I was, I studied at the Santa Monica Zen Center for about five years. It no longer exists. But, um, so I did a lot. I, I was never quite successful at translating what I learned at the Santa Monica Zen Center to a practice in my own life. And um, it's been, I would say it's only really been in the last six months that I've been successful at creating a regular habit you know like my longest oak streak is i think 10 days in a row and it's only 10 minutes you know it's not a long time but uh it's not it's been a recent re revelation to be able to do that and to be to want to do it to actually want to do it mm -hmm. um one of the apps that actually helped me along that path is called muse it's a it's a i have it i have a, the, my muse right here hold on me pull this out yeah, exactly. It's a, a sensing headband. And do you use it yeah. very much today or do you? Um, you know, I'm fascinated with this idea of, well, let me back up real quick for one second. One of the things that first time meditators have an issue with, and we know this from a lot of our data that we have uh, at Oak, is that they don't know if they're doing it right. Yes. So a lot 100%. of people come in and they finish a 10 minute, they finish a 20 minute and they're just like, okay, my mind was jumping around all over the place. Um, I don't see a reason why to come back. So they don't know right. um, what does progress look like then, right? Especially if you've done two or three times and you're feeling the exact same way. So I think that one of the things that you'll see me really focus on with Oak going forward is a way to bring more of a sense of community to it so that you can get feedback from others on how you're doing, but also to work with a lot of different connected devices. Mm -hmm. So I met with the Aura folks. They actually came... Um, out to visit me and um, I would love to tie in your heart rate data from the aura ring. And oh, so cool. it, they're not gonna, they're so busy with this launch that they're not gonna yep. get to this stuff for another probably three months or so. But, but my hope is that by mid next year, when you launch Oak, 
like I, I wish Muse would open up an SDK for this. It would be amazing. But my hope would be that you could come in and say, I have an Apple Watch or I have an Android Watch, whatever it may be, connect to, uh, to Oak. And then you could see heart rate variability, heart rate over time. Like the Aura Ring does breaths. It actually capture breath data. Yep. Like things like that. Just so you have like a, a kind of North Star to point to and say, oh, I see from last session, yeah, my heart rate is a little bit more flat and a little bit lower, and I, I was able to get in a, more, a little bit more of a relaxed state. Like, I'm trying to find things that we can point to that let you know uh, when you're succeeding. That you're doing it right. Or, yeah, that's a great, that's great. you can feel the results, because right. the results will come with time. It's just getting people to that point to where they can finally start to feel the real results. I mean, it's interesting you say that, because I think that if I look back over my experience and how I kind of let go of it and kind of quit doing it, I, I, even with six years of Zen training, you know, I didn't know that I necessarily was doing it right. And when left to my own devices, my brain was so, you know, boo, 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 that I, that I um, would very often come away from meditation sessions. First of all, I thought I had to do it for at least 20 or 25 minutes. I had all these rules around it that really didn't serve me. But um, I never really got the sense of knowing that it, that I was doing it right when I wasn't at the Zen Center. And so uh, that's why I dropped off. But Muse was really helpful in reestablishing that connection. One of the things I really like in their app that I, I just wanted to ask you, um, I wondered if you had made a conscious choice not to do this, but they have a daily tracker. Like it tells you, okay, yesterday you did 10 minutes and the day before you did eight minutes and you know it, it graphs it out over time. And, and Oak doesn't do that. And I wondered if, was that a conscious choice to not have that in there? Or is that something you're planning on adding to it? Yeah, or? certainly we've had some requests for people wanting kind of like a more of a monthly view to see like how they've done, so they can look and say, oh, yeah, I, I did 20 days out of 30 days or yeah. something, or yeah. So our first step in that direction is like what you said earlier, the streaks. So yeah. you get streaks are consecutive days of meditation or breathing. And so, um, yeah, that's that was our first, I have, I have the, the tricky thing is, and this is like when, you do software development that's always difficult is you have a list of probably 15 features that you want to build and then you have one engineer and says like okay how do we stack rank this we, and we take the two or three things that yeah. we need to build right now we're going through the that, same thing in the whole life challenge and it's just our, that's my yeah, daily that's like, a daily conversation and we our list is like a hundred things yeah so. it's 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 tough I, mine's definitely longer than i let on <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely um i hear you i want to i want to make it um very apparent and give you ways to look at your data and understand how you've been successful. But yeah, that's, that's certainly something that we've, we've talked about. That's cool. Um, I, I need to hire another engineer. I think that's the, to add the two engineers, I think is a, it's a good place to be. Yeah. What, um, I wanted to ask you too about transcendental meditation. Cause it's something that I never, you know, I, it's, it's kind of like, $1,000 gets you the key to the club and enlightenment. I mean, I, I don't know. I, that's my, I make fun of that. Like not just in a fun way. Like really, I got it. I need a mantra and I need More to. More than that, it's 15, 1500. Oh, it is. I thought it was a thousand. Yeah. I thought it was a thousand prices gone up. Um, how, how useful was that for you in your meditation journey? And how did you incorporate that into your, your own practice? Yeah, well, this is really interesting. Um, it's a, I'm glad you brought it up. This is a great thing to talk about. So transcendental meditation is essentially mantra meditation. They, they definitely were not the organization to invent uh, mantra-based meditation. Like mantra meditation has lasted, it's been around for yep. you know, many more years since they came out with this 
method here just not too long ago. Um, so mantra meditation is very powerful. Like it, it, I can see why they have been so successful because when you go in and you practice mantra meditation and you have this phrase that you're repeating internally in your head over and over again, you get into a very kind of rhythmic, like breathing kind of like this, the repetition of the word just puts you into this deep state. It's almost like hypnosis in a way, you know, it's, it's fascinating because um, I had never experienced that before when meditating, like to get there that quickly, like within 10 minutes, I was in this amazing state. Wow. Um, so I found it really powerful. The issue that I had was, um, well, there's a couple things. I'd watched this documentary on, um, uh, on transcendental meditation called, I think it's David wants to fly. Yeah. David wants to fly. Um, and it's been banned in the United States. They tried to get it in, but they, there was all these lawsuits that were threatened against him. If How did you watch it? I found a copy of it on eBay and then I um, bought a DVD player and I uh, ripped it off the DVD player. And then I had the, you the really wanted, button. you really wanted to watch it. Well, because it was a, it was a talking about the insides and like the, the drama behind what goes on behind the scenes at transcendental meditation ah, wow. um, and the organization itself. And I had always got a, I wouldn't call them like, I, I'm always scared of things that seem like, culty in a way yeah yeah and th those always concern me and they and um i didn't get that but i got hints of that with them like when you go into train for the first time they take you into your own private room and they say these sacred words to this picture of this dead prophet there and they are not prophet but they're their guru mm -hmm. and then they they have like a it's very traditional in that sense mm -hmm. and then they tell you a secret word that is your mantra that cannot be told to anyone else and um, if you, but then if you Google it later and you look it up, it's just based on your year of birth. And so everyone gets the same secret word based on the year of birth. Huh. And I actually was able to match mine straight up. Do you know anybody um, so, else that does TM that, uh, that is born your year and has your same secret word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, <laughs> I, yeah, I know Jeez. one of my buddies has the exact same secret word. Wow. Um, and I told it to him and we were laughing about it. But, oh, man. Um, the, the thing that is, that, you mentioned it earlier is I, I hate, I will say this about, about, I went there for the three day course. I learned a lot. They, they give you a lot of insights into when you run to certain pitfalls, when you're doing mantra based meditation, like let's say for example, you're doing a mantra and all of a sudden the mantra starts to sync up with your heart rate. You can feel your heart rate with your mantra. What do you do? Like how do yeah, you, right. so there was a lot of like these little situations where they help you navigate when you're getting started. Mm -hmm. So I will say that for me, it was worthwhile. Like I got a lot out of it and I thought it was great. I didn't go to all the follow-up meetings and the things that they want to pull you into and the deeper way to spend more money with them. Yeah. I was like, I learned like, peace out. I'm, I'm gone. Yeah. Now, one of the things that was that I took away from it was that this is a very powerful form of meditation and more people should have access to it that, that, that shouldn't be required to spend $1,200 because it's so simple. Yeah. It's like repeating a word and then a handful of things to avoid pitfalls to avoid. So anyway, long story short, um, I worked with a, um, someone, her name is Dr. Uh, um, uh, Patricia um, uh, Carrington, who has developed this form of mantra-based, non-religious mantra-based meditation. And she studied this at Princeton, actually did a few different research papers on different mantras with students and, and the studies that she did back in the, um, 
think back in the 80s or 90s. So she's been doing this for a long time. And so she licensed me her mantra-based course, which is about five hours of material. Hmm. And she covers all of the pitfalls and all the things you run into and how to get started with your own mantra practice. And hmm. it's really awesome content. So I went and licensed that from her. I'm going to include it in the app completely for free. Wow. Uh, that'll roll out sometime in the next, um, I'd say probably month, month and a half. I was going to ask you, if is the loving kindness meditation similar to a mantra-based because it has you repeat that, that uh, may you be yeah, happy. Yeah, it is maybe. in a way. It is in a way. Mantra is very specific. One word kind of going over the, the, oh, the love okay. of kindness is more intention-based. Like you're wishing yep. this for yourself or others, um, like goodwill for yourself or others. Uh, mantra or me, uh, meta meditation, which is the technical term for um, loving kindness, has been around since about 400 BC. So it's right. been around for a really long time. It's technically a different form, a different discipline. But, um, yeah, I think they're both really, really awesome. So I'm excited to roll that, that course out because I, I like with all these forms of meditation, the reason I don't charge for any parts of the Oak app is I feel like this stuff is like you record an MP3, like, why should I be charging for an MP3 that just gets played over and over again? Like, why not just give it away? Like, this is all information that we didn't invent. Like, let's, let's just set it free and see how many people we can get using it. It's really cool that you have the resources and time and desire to, 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 you know, to make it open, open and available. Like, I really love that. And, uh, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. That, I think that for me, um, I have like three people more or less working on this full time and eventually I would like to figure out ways that we can just get to break even but it won't be for charging for courses. I think I'll probably do something along the lines of more of a donation model, you know, pay what you can afford. I had this idea where I was like, okay, what if we just charge like a really inexpensive fee for certain kind of social features. And then if you meditate a certain time, a certain amount of times per month, it's just completely free. So I'm trying to figure out like, maybe like the encouragement is like you get a completely free app as long as you meditate, like, you know, 10 times a month or something. You know, it's funny. That, it's funny. That just, that. that just reminded me of a, of a uh, model that I wanted to, I, I wasn't ever really serious about trying it, but I thought it would be really interesting. Like, cause I owned a gym for, I owned CrossFit Los Angeles for 12 years, 13 years. And, uh, um, I always thought, well, what if you charge, you know, a thousand bucks a month, some ridiculously high number. And for each visit based over, over the course of the month, you got, an amount do- taken off of that payment. So that by the end of the month, if you came, you know, I don't know, 25 times, you wouldn't have to necessarily, it, it wouldn't measure how hard you went. It wouldn't measure, measure, it would just measure showing up. And if you showed up, say 25 times over the course of the month, it was free. And, you know, there's a fear in that, in that, fuck, I might go out of business because I'll make right. my money. But it's a crazy social experiment that's probably worth doing. It would it's be really, cool. really cool to see how that model played out. If I had, uh, you know, unlimited resources and that wasn't my primary source of business, I might have tried it. Yeah. I th- something like that could be really cool. That, that's what I was thinking as well. Is like, is there a model that we can do here that's just completely different that isn't about, I feel that we as like modern humans, we have so many different services that we pay for these days whether you know, it be on Netflix or HBO or gym membership, or yeah. it's like, I just don't want to feel like it's just like one more service, unless we can add a ton of value in some way. Right. I don't know. I'm still thinking through it, but yeah, the, the idea is that the, the kind of MP3 based course stuff will always, always be. Free. Oh, that's really cool. 
So I want to shift gears into the, your other app. How are, how are you on time? We've been going for an hour. Uh, you, you oh, have... you know what? I do have to run soon. So okay. probably another 10, 15 minutes would be great. Okay, cool. Um, what is uh, your other app? Now, I haven't really played with your other app. It's called Zero, right? That's right. And yeah, so, that's intermittent fast, or is it fasting, intermittent fasting, or yeah, tell me I mean, the... you can choose the, any type of fast that you want to do on there. So the idea is that I just um, kind of like with Oak and in, in sense that I, I've been doing this type of practice. I wanted to build something for myself that I thought would be, be useful. Um, and so I built an app that allows you to track your fasting. Some people use it for intermittent fasting. Some people use it for religious fasting. Um, some people use it for multi-day fast. Like the, there's a whole slew of different use cases out there. But I would say that the the trend that has been happening over the last couple of years has been this idea of doing these um, 16 hour fasts where mm -hmm. you have your last bite of food just before you go um, as you finish dinner and then you don't eat again until around noon the next day. Mm -hmm. And um, it's what I, it's what I do actually. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I do, a... I put butter in my, actually I'm starting now with ghee. So I do ghee and, and coconut oil in my coffee. Yeah, which I know I I listen to Dr. Bronda Patrick too. Not probably not as often. I haven't, you know, I'm not a zealot podcast. Her pod. There's so many freaking podcasts to listen to. Yeah. I such a hard time like figuring out. I only have so many hours in a day, and I've been on a Jordan Peterson um, binge watching, you know, streak here. So I've let other things slide. But she she talks about how even fat will knock you. You know, that doesn't matter. Caffeine or whatever right so but i like I, I need it in the morning so for now that's yeah, I, okay. I hear you it's it's hard i i don't do it all the time but when i'm i'm about to do another five-day fast this sunday um so i do that once a quarter that's mm. kind of my go-to thing yeah but the app like with zero it, it's just like a really simple you know like three screen app uh, does it give you advice on how to do it or does it just let you track it gives what you're you doing? like one of three different ways when you come in mm -hmm. you can set up your own customer you can say i want to do 16 hour I want to do five two. You can kind of define what you want to do there, uh, but it's crazy that this, this fasting movement, how big it's gotten recently. Um, we've had, gosh, I want to say probably like ten or so million fasts that have happened in the app since, wow. since it started. So it's it's been it's been nuts um, watching that grow. And a buddy of mine has actually helped me out with with developing it now, and he. Um, he used fasting in conjunction with his chemotherapy treatment, and mm -hmm. that was really helpful for him getting into remission. And so he's a big believer and a great product guy. So I have him helping me out, which is uh, great because that product really, really starts uh, continues to grow. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's probably something I will check out. I just um, haven't yet. It's just one of those other things that are lay out late right outside the the yeah. inner circle of things. I that... have a, I have a list of those as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just a couple more things. Um. I wanted to ask you, this is just a silly question. How did it go learning the splits? Did you, did you get the splits? I'm still in four, working on it. Four, so four weeks did not happen. Uh, yeah, so I don't know if you've seen, I put a couple of Instagram videos up. I actually have a machine that helps you do the splits now. Is it the one that you crank yeah, and you... The old school... Yeah, from the gymnastics. Yeah. It used to be in the gymnastics gym I trained in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I have one of those now, and that's like, I'm just like cranking that wheel, and it's like pushing my legs further and further out every day. I, my thinking initially was like, oh, this girl there's been five minutes every day and I'm just like pick up a quarter inch or half inch every day. Uh -huh. And it's like, no, after, <laughs> like, after like four or five days, my legs are like, yeah, we're not going another half inch. Yeah. I mean, and you so, get to a point with the splits. I mean, I've, cause I've had a similar intention is to be able to do the splits and I've 
tried, I don't know, I've probably started some sort of a stretching routine five times in order to do that, and I've given up each time because I just don't see pr enough progress to make it feel worth yeah. it. Well, the other thing I'm having now is that I have a, I took yesterday off uh, because I'm in pain. <laughs> it's like my muscles are like hurting after doing these, these stretching. Right. And so it's a big deal. You got, I think you have to, I don't want to injure myself. Yeah. I, would, I mean, how horrible would it be like pull your groin and yeah. be injured? So off of something that's so stupid as wanting to do this place. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm taking it slow, but I, I'm still, I'm still working on it. Does it, is it a Chinese split or is it a, a I don't know what they call the front to back split. Are you working on the, the one that's legs the, to the sides? The full John Claude Van Damme. The John Claude Van Damme. Yes, I love. It. Yeah, that image of him jumping up on the countertops with his legs. It's just oh, yeah. of course, God, Every, it's classic. Like, kids watching that, it was so great. They're yep. like, wow, that dude's amazing. What um, so many more questions I could ask. Uh, what what what? If you had to choose something in your routine and you could you had to get rid of everything else and you could keep but you could keep one maybe two things that are critical that are really like full-on essentials to your life being full full and fulfilled and i know you have a new i wanted to get into stuff with your family life now that you have a baby and but we you know obviously we have an hour and 15 minutes so not enough time but what what would those things be that's a good question um i think Certainly, um, nature has been a big piece of what I've been enjoying lately. So just trying to find some time to get outside. And I combine that with kind of like either seated or walking meditation, but just trying to find some space that way. Mm -hmm. And just like really just observing and watching um, not only the trees, um, but just using that time outside to also observe my breath um, and do little mini meditations. Um, that's been huge. Uh, in Japan, they call it forest bathing, huh. where oh, they, cool. they plan these trips out into the forest and they've shown that it reduces cortisol levels and, um, and, and different stress hormones in the body just by, that's not even meditating, that's just the act of being in nature. Hmm. And um, you can, so you can be talking, you can be hanging out with your family yeah, or whatever. Just it's... going for a walk with some friends, things like that. Huh. And so um, we're up here this summer in Portland, Oregon. So, um, just hanging out, doing lots of walks, uh, in, in the trees and enjoying that. I think that's, that's been really key. The other thing t in terms of just overall, just feeling amazing, um, certainly the sauna. I mean, the sauna is so, such a great substitute for alcohol at night. Wow. And going in, and they have these little tiny sauna tents. If you don't have a sauna at home and you're like, ah, how does this apply to me? Yep. Uh, they have these little tents that you can buy on, on Amazon. They're like $200. They're infrared. They go around your neck and you sit in a chair. Oh, yeah. Fully enclosed. Uh -huh. And you can do a little mini sauna like that and really get into a good sweat and um, come out of that feeling pretty euphoric and ready for a good night's sleep. So, uh, Definitely, there are so many health benefits that come with the sauna. You should check out, again, Ron Patrick. I keep plugging her. She owes me uh, a smoothie or something. I need to have her uh, on the podcast. Maybe, yeah, maybe, you should. Maybe you can introduce me to her. Yeah, yeah. She's, she would be a great person to have on the podcast. But, um, yeah, just her report on sauna usage where she pulls all the different published papers together and does a video report on it. Does she? It's I can't remember. Does she, is she a proponent of the infrared, the near-infrared, or, the, or the, the heat, the barrel sauna? style uh, i know that she's done both but um she 
is a fan of getting all the studies that show the increases in longevity, reduced dementia, and reduced cardiovascular events have pointed to 20 minutes a day, um, minimum of three days a week, a maximum of a full week long with the effects getting even more intense the more you do it um, at 170 degrees Fahrenheit. So if you can get to 170, 20 minutes a day, that's where you want to be. Whether it's infrared or not, whether, however you however you can do that. That's right. Right. Oh, Honestly, a lot of people now are starting to use really, really hot baths as well. Wow. Same idea, right? You're just like heating the outside of the body, go up to your neck in really hot water, and, and sit in there for 20 minutes. That seems hot. 170 degrees degree water. I've never mm. measured my bath water. I don't know that you would be able to do it at that at that temperature. Um I mean, judging I by that's 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 what you percolate green tea at, right? One one seventy, one sixty, one seventy five, one seventy five green, one eighty five oolong. And I mean, that's hot. Or, I, yeah. I can't drink it at one seventy five. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly hot, and I know that obviously full contact water on the skin surface is going to be a lot more intense than say yeah. sitting in a sauna. Yeah, right, right. That's interesting. I would never have guessed you would say that. The sauna, if, if you're going to choose two things, being in nature and than being in a sauna. I mean, I don't know what I did think you would say, but um, those two wouldn't have come to mind. So that's cool. Yeah, those those are for me in terms of just the general overall happiness. Like obviously time spent with my daughter is number one and right. with my wife. And like, I, I'm talking about things that you can do kind of independently of family yep. that are that are just like going to make you feel, feel amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much. I, um, gosh, what a fantastic conversation and I just appreciate everything that you do and and your like I said at the beginning your transparency and willingness to share all that you've learned your adventures and the way you kind of go about doing your life I, I think it's just um, it's really really cool and it gives people some something to even if they get you know a little bit of the comet dust from your from your tail um, they, 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 they get, they can benefit from that, you know? Well, and, I, pre I appreciate that. I, I mean, I, the way I look at it is like, we're all making mistakes and life is just this whole series of learning and learning is just admitting that you've, you've made a mistake, right? That's how right. you learn. And like, you can either be in a shell and unhappy, or you could try your hand at a whole slew of different things, whether it's language learning or biohacking and some of it's going to stick, some of it won't, but it's so much fun. Like it's, it's an adventure, as you said. Yeah. So that, that, that's what I kind of like to, to hopefully encourage people to do is just to go out and, and have fun with their life and not take it so seriously. So many people beat themselves up internally over, over um, just trying to achieve something or, you know, and it, it's, I don't know. I, I, I used to think that way too. When I was in my startup mentality i was like i gotta be successful i gotta go out and and create this billion dollar business and all that has shifted for me i, I feel like i just kind of um i have friends that that you know have 20 30 50 million dollars that are trying to become billionaires and you're thinking like wow it just doesn't stop does it it right. just like there's always another level there's always another level and it, chasing that elusive thing that doesn't mean anything it just literally it is like printed um, HTML on a bank login that shows you a few extra zeros at the end. You know, yeah. it's like, like, don't get me wrong. I think that it's, it's really important that we try to get to a, a comfortable life because, yeah. um, you know, living in poverty and living without uh, having to worry about where your food is coming from is not 
a good place to be at. So I, I'm all for getting out of that state, but I just like think that that ch chasing this uh, these other things, time is better spent on focusing on yourself and just really enjoying the life that you have. It's a question of enough. What's enough? Right. Exactly. And then what is success? Yeah. And I think you get if you don't spend time with those questions, you, you life pulls you by the tail. And, yeah. Uh, it's easy and I've realized pulled. that for me, enough is rain hitting me in the face and hanging out with my labradoodle and my family. Like that's that's where it's at. That's cool. Well, thanks again. I'm gonna I'm gonna end the live here. Just hang on one second. And um, here we go. Stop live stream. Boom. Done. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for your time on this. And it was fun doing it. Yeah. I'll, I will. I'll, like, can you send me like a little, I know I have it one other place, but can you send me a snippet of just a bio slash about the podcast? And I'll forward to Rhonda Patrick if in sure. the description must be on the show. Okay, great. I would, I would really appreciate that. She's one of my, uh, yeah, she's one of my I know heroes, but uh, you know people that I that I trust and as, as an advisor. Yeah. Same with Peter Atia. He's I know he just started a podcast, so um, happy to forward to him as well. So just let me let me know what you want me to send along, and then um, I'll leave it to them. To I always like to leave it to leave them it to them and say no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used exactly. to they're used to getting no's, and that's fine too. But whatever. Oh, everybody does, dude. Man, I've, I've yeah. reached out to so many people, and it's funny how. <laughs> Um, you just, you, you kind of just like, you just kind of have to roll with it. Like I, I had Elon Musk on my podcast one time randomly because I wow. had, had, uh, had reached out and he was just like, sure, I'll do that. And wow. then we did it. And then Jeez. I emailed him about two months ago and was like, Hey, like, do you want to come back on the show? I'd love to have you. Didn't hear anything for months. And then he finally wrote back. I was like, yeah, I may have a few time, some few a little bit of time this fall. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Okay. What just like, happened? Right. Just like you know, yeah, like yeah. you just don't know until you try. So yeah. might as well, might as well ask. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, all right. Well, thanks again, and um, I will send you send it to you in the email that you that I have already for you. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Cool. All right. Awesome. All right. Hanging and uh, have a great day. Thanks. You too. Take care. Bye bye.